Well, good morning, Citygate Church and all of our wonderful online guests today. Um, I'm carrying on this week from Psalm 103, which is where we started just last week. And uh, it's a wonderful psalm. And I, and I hope all this week, for those of you who are online last Sunday, you've been stirring yourself up on the inside because this psalm says, Bless the Lord, O my soul. I hope you've been speaking to yourself. You've been saying, come on, stir up my emotions, stir up my will, stir up my feelings to, to, to give God the glory that's due to his name. It says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. We're just doing a couple of weeks called Do Not Forget. Do Not Forget. Forget not all his benefits. And some of those are, are here. It says, who forgives all of your iniquities. Praise God for that. Who heals all of your diseases. Praise God for that. Who redeems your life from destruction and crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Who satisfies your mouth with good things in order that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Can you just see there? This isn't part of my notes, but can you just see there? He satisfies your mouth with good things. That's not just talking about food, what goes into the mouth, but what comes out of your mouth. As we speak out God's word, it means that our youth can be renewed like the eagles. Really, really important that we understand the power that in the things that we say. The Bible says the power of life and death is in the tongue. So today we're carrying on with do not forget. We covered last week four things, four promises from God that I encourage us to not forget. The first one was God will complete the good work that he's begun in us. What a, what a great promise from God. The second one was God will not allow us to be tempted, tested or tried more than I can bear. That's a relief. That means whatever I go through, I'm already bigger than it. Fantastic. The third one was this, and this is one of the greatest keys to life. I can sow my way out of anything. If I find myself in a situation, yes, I might need God to move and you know, perform a sign or a wonder or, or to break through, but actually the seeds I sow are going to determine the life I live. Wonderful promise from God. The fourth one from last week was this. When the enemy comes in, like a flood sometimes, God moves. God will raise up a standard against him. When the enemy seems to swamp in, when the enemy seems to flood, when all hope is lost, when everything seems to have gone wrong, you know what? It's in those times when God shows himself strong and, and you know, shows himself to be the provider, the healer and the deliverer that he is. As we carry on today, we're going to start with point number five and it's from Acts chapter 3. And verse 16, it says this, And his name, through faith in his name, has made this man strong. This is talking about a time when a man was healed. He'd been lame all his life. And there was a man called Peter and a man called John. And they're going up to the temple at the time of prayer to pray. And they go up and there's this man who's crippled. And, um, you know, he's asking for money. He's begging. And they don't have any at that time. They're going up to pray. And they turn round and they say, we don't have any, any finances at the moment, but that which we do have, we give to you. And they heal the man, and he's instantly healed. It's, a, it's the most amazing thing. Acts chapter 3, I'd encourage you to read it. And then it says this, and they're explaining it afterwards. They're saying, and his name, 
through faith in his name, has made this man strong, whom you see and know. Yes, the faith which comes through Jesus has given this man the perfect soundness that he has in the presence of you all. Our fifth point today is this. There is power in the name of Jesus. Now, a lot of people have said that, have heard that, but I want us to be really encouraged with that today. And I want to say this with every bit of compassion on the inside of me. Don't ever forget that there is power in the name of Jesus. When all hell is breaking out, use the name of Jesus. When there's sickness in your family, use the name of Jesus. When there's poverty in your circumstances, use the name of Jesus. When there's oppression kind of attempting to come onto your life, use the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus has been given to us to pray God's will. The Bible says whatever we pray in the name of Jesus, the Father is going to do. Now that doesn't mean to say God's, you know, just like a machine, I use the name and God moves. We know we've got to pray according to his will. We know we've got to pray led by the Holy Spirit. But something we can be absolutely confident of today is this. When we know God's will and when we are led by the Holy Spirit, when we pray in the name of Jesus, that doesn't just mean tag it on at the end of a prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. It means to pray in the mindset, in the position, in the identity of Jesus himself. Pray like he would pray. Pray in your relationship with him. Pray under his lordship and under his authority. That's what it means to pray in the name of Jesus. And here they said it was the name of Jesus that healed the man. It's interesting, they didn't actually pray for him. They didn't say, oh Father, come and, come and heal this person. They just said, that which we have, we give. In the name of Jesus, get up. There wasn't really a prayer there. There was, you know, a command of faith in the name of Jesus. And I want to encourage us today, and I want us to get really excited about this, that there is power in the name of Jesus Christ. There may be, you know, um, influence in other people's names, but there is power in the name of Jesus. There is supernatural healing, providing, redeeming, cleansing, power in the name of Jesus. It's only in the name of Jesus that there is forgiveness and remission of sin. It's only in the name of Jesus that there is healing for the body. There is only in the name of Jesus that there is freedom for the soul. The name of Jesus, the Bible says, is the name above every name. At that name, Jesus, every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Perhaps you're seeing this today and you're hearing some of the things I'm saying and you're saying, well, I don't know this Jesus. I just thought he was a religious figure. I want to encourage you today, friend. There is power in his name for whatever you need in life. Now, the first thing is this to come to him and say, Jesus, come and be my Lord and my Saviour, because there's power in his name to save your life and to give you eternal life, to give you life forever with God in heaven. That's the power of the name of Jesus. There's power in the name of Jesus to cleanse your life from stuff that you regret ever doing or saying or thinking or being involved with. I know we've all got a past, absolutely. But the wonderful thing is this, when you give your life to Jesus, he cleanses your past. The Bible says he, you know, he takes our sin away from us as far as the east is from the west. 
He cleanses us, the Bible says, from all the mess, from all the hurt, from all the pain. There is power today in the name of Jesus Christ. We're not just talking about somebody becoming a religious person. We're talking about entering into a relationship with God, the God who created you, the God who loves you. For me, I did that in 1984 and I discovered the power in the name of Jesus Christ. There's been countless times since that time when I've laid hands on some sick people and in the name of Jesus and they've been healed. When I've believed God for breakthrough and used the name of Jesus and the breakthrough has happened. When we prayed for favor and we've needed favor in our lives and we declare the name of Jesus. You know, the Bible says this, he opens doors of favor before us which no one can shut and he closes some other doors which no one can open. I'm so glad today I've got access and I've got authority in the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, the Savior of the world, our healer, our provider. He's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. The Bible says he's like a lion of the tribe of Judah. He's like a healing ointment in the middle of sickness. The name of Jesus Christ, friend, is the most wonderful name that there is. In the name of Jesus Christ, there's freedom. In the name of Jesus Christ, there's deliverance. In the name of Jesus Christ, there's love and there's compassion. In the name of Jesus Christ, there's acceptance for the outcast. Jesus Christ, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Friend, today, as we're only on the first point today, the fifth point in these things of not to forget, I want us to remind us to have faith and confidence in the name of Jesus Christ. Wow, what's the next point? Point number six is this from Isaiah chapter 10 and verse 27. And it shall come to pass in that day. And this was talking about a particularly bad day. It was talking about a day when a whole enemy army were coming against the people of God. It says it will come to pass in that day that his burden will be taken away from your shoulder and his yoke will be destroyed from your neck. And the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing oil. That may sound quite an unusual verse, but let me just explain it. When all hell is breaking loose, even it feels like there's an enemy army coming against you. Well, and you know, it feels like, you know, perhaps you're like an oxen. You're under a yoke. You're under a burden. You're trying to drag something through life. You're stumbling through life and you're tripping up and you've got heavy weights upon your life. People talk about depression and oppression. It feels like you're depressed. It feels like you're oppressed. You, you know, you haven't got the, f the freedom that you thought you should have. Life has thrown you, you know, bad experiences and hardship and, you know, turmoil. It's as if you've got a yoke of oppression on your life. It may have been there for a day. It may have been there for a lifetime. But I want to encourage you today, friend. Point number six is this. The anointing, which means the power of God, the anointing of the Holy Spirit destroys the yoke. And I love the picture that I get there, you know, that word to destroy, it doesn't mean to, you know, to, you know, to get a stick of dynamite and put it in there and to light the fuse and to uh, blow the thing up. It means something far more, actually far more subtle. It really gives the idea of rust. Now, I love to restore 
bikes and cars and old things and old things that have been really eaten away by rust. You clean off the rust, you blast away the rust and you, and you strip it back and you have to repair the metal and you have to prime it and paint it and it looks as good as new. But sometimes the rust has eaten so much of the metal there's nothing to restore. You can't find any evidence of the panel of the car or of the bike or, or the piece of, of steel that was there before because rust has completely eaten it away. There's nothing left of what was there before. Well, you know what? Perhaps you think there's all this stuff in my life and I can never get rid of it. It'll be there forever. Well, I want to encourage you today, friend, that the power of God, the anointing of the Holy Spirit, the power, we've already read of the name of Jesus, but the power of God is going to act like rust. You may think that's an unusual thing to say. Well, let's remind ourselves what rust does. As the power of God comes in, it gets into that stronghold. It gets into the mindset. It gets into that experience no matter how long ago it was. It gets into that hardship. It gets into that turmoil. It gets into that unforgiveness. It gets into that habit that you wish you weren't you know, addicted to. It gets right into that stronghold in your life that you want to be free from and the anointing doesn't come in like a stick of dynamite and blow your life up. You know what? God's a compassionate God. He's a loving God. He doesn't just want to come in and go, zap. He, he will come in to that circumstance, come into that situation and like rust eats away the strength of metal and destroys it till there's nothing left. You know, sometimes I've gone to, you know, restore something and I've, you know, begun to clean it off and it's only been the paint that's been holding the thing together. When you clean off the paint, it's been that old lead paint, it used to be lead in the paint, old lead paint that's just holding the thing together. There's no strength in it whatsoever. And I want to encourage you today that it may appear like there are strongholds from the enemy. It may appear like there are hurts and wounds. And these things have been very real in the past. But I want to encourage you, as you come to God, as you allow the presence of God and the person of God and the power of His Spirit, the supernatural power of God to saturate your life and to soak your life as you spend time in prayer, as you spend time in praise and worship, as you spend time you know, hearing words like this, as you spend time in the presence of God, that anointing of the Holy Spirit will saturate your life and take the strength away. It'll destroy, His anointing destroys the yoke. It will take away the strength, it'll take away the pain, it'll take away the hurt, it'll take away the wounds that have been established in your life and his anointing will destroy the strongholds of the enemy. Friend, you may think I'm lumbered with this forever, but the anointing will destroy the yoke. You may think I've got to cope with this situation in my life forever, but the anointing will destroy the yoke. You may say, well, you know what? I'm facing a terminal sickness of which there is no, there is no answer. There is no healing. Friend, God loves you. He knows what you're going through and the anointing will destroy the yoke. This is something to remind ourselves of on a daily basis. There's power in the name of Jesus and the anointing will destroy the enemy's yokes. And as we close today, the final one here, 
as we've gone through some of my favourite verses actually, things to say, come on, bless the Lord, O my soul, forget not all his benefits. The final one today is this, from Psalm 138 and verses 7 and 8. Listen to this and be encouraged today, friend. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you will revive me. You will stretch out your hand against the wrath of my enemies and your right hand will save me. The Lord will perfect that which concerns me. What a wonderful passage of scripture to end this message on. We've covered so many wonderful promises from God, but I'm going to read that again. I just love it so much. Listen to this. Though I walk in the middle of trouble, you will revive me. You'll give me life again. You will stretch out your hand. The Bible says God's right hand is a powerful right hand. You will stretch out your hand against the wrath of my enemies. Your right hand will save me. That word save, especially in Greek, this is in the Old Testament. I understand that it was Hebrew, but in, the, in, in Greek, um, the word for salvation is also the word for healing. Soteria, sozo, healing, salvation. I want to help us to understand this a little bit and just put in some other promises here. Your right hand will save me. Your right hand will heal me. Your right hand will deliver me. Your right hand will set me free. Your right hand will encourage me. Your right hand will comfort me. Your right hand will strengthen me. Your right hand will bring me freedom. Your right hand will set me on the high places of the earth. Your right hand will bear me up that I don't fall over. Your right hand will redeem me. What a wonderful God we serve and what a powerful God we serve. Your right hand will save me. Verse 8, the Lord will perfect that which concerns me. As we close today, this final promise to remember, to, you know, to go through life and to remember this every day. God will perfect that which concerns me. We you know, began this with God will complete the work that he began in me. Well, that's a wonderful promise. But this goes even further. He says he will perfect that which concerns me. What concerns do you have today? I'm sure there are people online today and you have concerns about how, and how you're going to go for the next year. Perhaps you have concerns about your employment or concerns about your finances. Perhaps you have concerns about the health of a family member. Well, I want to encourage you today with the promise of God that God will perfect that which concerns you. If it's important to you, it's important to God. If it's important to you, it's important to God. And God's not just there with his arms folded and, you know, sitting on his throne not caring. The Bible says he's easily touched with the feelings of our infirmities. When you go through something, he goes through it with you. When I go through something, he walks through it with me. When I'm going through the fire, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, 
the Son of the living God was in the fire with them, the fourth man in the fire, and he undid the bonds and he let them go free. One of my favorite stories, accounts in the Bible, it really happened. Somebody that looked like the Son of God, it was Jesus before he, he was even born of the Virgin Mary. Jesus appeared in the fire as they went through the fire. Why? He will perfect that which concerns you. What concerns you today, friend? God is going to come into that situation and bring it through to perfection. God's not a perfectionist, but he does have a spirit of excellence. He is a God of excellence. He's not a perfectionist that's obsessive about things not being bad and things being good. You know what? God says, I'm more interested in the attitude of your heart than in what you can produce. God's not a perfectionist saying, until you're perfect, you can't talk to me. He says, you know what? I'm a loving heavenly father. Come into my presence. I've forgiven you. I've washed you. I've cleansed you. Come into my presence. I sent my son to die for you. I'm not a perfectionist that you've got to have a standard. Jesus Christ attained to the standard that you and I could never reach. He's not a perfectionist God. He's an excellent God. He's a God of excellence. But one thing where he will perfect is when he works on our lives. He says, you know what? I'm going to perfect that which concerns you. When it's up to us, we come with our heart. We come with our attitude. We don't come with our perfection. But when God comes to us, he comes with his perfection. I'm so glad today that I know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And I'm sure countless other people online today, you can say, yes, Jesus is my Lord and Jesus is my Savior. But friend, I want to ask you today, have you ever said yes to Jesus Christ? What do you mean say yes to Jesus? Well, the Bible says he stands at the door of our heart and he knocks. And if we open the door, he will come in and do life with us. I want to encourage you today to open the door of your heart. Perhaps you're saying, no, I'm not interested in religion. Well, actually, I'll let you into a secret. Neither am I. You know what? The Bible says religious traditions destroy what God wanted to do on the earth. There's so many religions, so many beliefs, but God is a loving God. He's not saying you've got to do this, 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 and this to earn my approval. Just come as you are. But you don't know what I've done, Pastor Jay. Yeah, but just come as you are. Yeah, but you don't know what I did yesterday. Just come as you are. Yeah, but I believe in another God. Just come as you are. Jesus will accept you just as you are. He doesn't clean you up before you come. You come to God and his spirit on the inside of us, his love, the name of Jesus, the power of God starts to work on our lives. The day we say yes to Jesus, the Bible says something amazing happens. We are born again. We get a brand new start. The Bible says he actually takes out the old hard heart and he puts in a brand new heart. The heart of a person is the real them. It's not just their emotions or their feelings or their will or their or you know how attractive they are or their physique or their fitness. That's not the real person. The real person lives on the inside. And that's the person that God is interested in. And the Bible says that when we accept Jesus Christ as Lord, he takes out the old dead hard heart and he puts in a brand new person. You have the same personality, the same body, the same physique, the same emotions, but you've got a different engine on the inside. You've got a new heart and that heart is full of peace. That heart is full of joy. That heart is full of the love of God. That heart is full of faith.
That heart is a heart for God. That heart is a heart for other people. And I want to encourage you today, friend. Have you had that transformation on the inside? It doesn't happen by becoming religious. It doesn't happen by going to church. It doesn't happen by praying to a God out there. It happens by saying, Jesus, I believe in you. Come into my life. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Be my King. I give you my life. From this point on, I open the door of my heart for you to come in and do life with me. Friend, I'm going to encourage you to pray a prayer. I'm going to pray a prayer right now. Everybody online is going to pray along with you. If we were here in an auditorium, we'd all pray the prayer together. But it's really important if you've never given your life to Jesus, friend, that you pray this prayer. Perhaps you're coming back to God today. Perhaps you've lived a life and you perhaps used to believe in God and were active as, as a Christian and then perhaps you went away from it. Friend, return today. Come back to God. Come back to God like the prodigal son. Come back to your heavenly father. Friend, if you've never prayed this prayer, I'm going to encourage you to pray this right now. Come on, what, what, um, how about we all pray this prayer together? Say, Heavenly Father, thank you that you love me. Thank you that you demonstrated your love by sending your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to die on the cross to give me eternal life. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for me. I open the door of my heart come into my heart to be my Lord, my Saviour and my friend. I turn away from the way I've lived apart from you. I give you my life and by the help of your grace and your power, I will never be the same again. In Jesus' name, Amen. Friend, if you've prayed that prayer today, whether it's the first time or you've come back to God, I believe that God has accepted you as a child. You can call him Heavenly Father now. Your life has a brand new start from today. Of course, there are going to be some next steps, but you've started life today. And that life is an eternal life. If you've received Jesus Christ as Lord, you have eternal life. I'd encourage you to tell a friend, to tell a family member, to put it online. Tell somebody the decision that you've made today. We look forward to seeing you next week. If you have said yes to Jesus, there are going to be some other steps and somebody will help you with that in just a minute. But I want to say to everybody now, as we go on into this week, let's do everything we can to live life to the full, to make somebody else's life great, to stand strong on the Word of God, to remember the power that there is in the name of Jesus and to bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget not all His benefits, everything within me. Bless His holy name. God bless you and I'll see you next Sunday.